Now, I'm dealing with a message tonight that I know you have, you've learned about the rapture. You've learned about the second coming. But what I'm going to do tonight, tonight I'm going to put both of them together, the two comings of Jesus Christ. Uh, I want you to bow your hearts as we uh, ask the Lord to open up his word for us tonight. Father, we love you. Again, what a privilege it is always as we stand first and foremost before you, the God of heaven, the God of the universe, the God who created all things. Lord, what an honor. Lord, I can say that I know you as my father. Lord, what a privilege it is to stand before your people this evening. I ask by your Holy Spirit that I ask that you would open the scriptures to our hearts. Lord, uh, remove doubt, remove confusion. Oh God, give us clarity in the word. Lord, remove uh, falsehoods and, and misunderstandings and misinterpretation of the word. And Lord, make plain and clear your prophetic word. We bind every scheme, every strategy of the devil that would try to hinder the word. And Lord, we ask tonight for an open heaven. Breathe afresh on your word. And we thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The two comings of Jesus Christ. Now, uh, I was on a popular website the other day, and on the website, he was actually trying to convince us on the website that the second coming and the rapture are the same event. And uh, I want to assure you again that these are not the same. These are two distinct events we're going to see uh, in Scripture. Uh, bringing our prophecy chart here, and what you see, uh, we're, we're in what's called the church age. Uh, let me turn this on. We're in what's called the, uh, the church age here. The next major event we know is that event called the rapture. But then you have the other event called the second coming of Christ. Uh, just looking at it from this chart perspective, you do see that these are two distinct events. And again, we must keep them separate uh, because if you do, it, it makes a lot of sense. But when you, when you combine the rapture and the second coming, as this gentleman tried to do, it really destroys the overall teaching. So we're going to look at that tonight. I'm going to give you a number of topics. Some are going to hit pretty fast. Uh, we're going to look at, first of all, fear of the end time events that trouble you. And I, I got to quote something for you that's going to really, really amaze you. Uh, then we're going to see what is the rapture and the second coming. What I'm going to do, I'm going to take you to the very familiar text, show you both of, this, of the text where we find these events. Then we'll actually define what both of them are. Then we're going to see the promises of both comings in Scripture. I'm going to show you both of them promised in the Scripture. Uh, then we'll see how will both events affect Christians. Both events will affect us differently. And by seeing the difference in the way they will affect us, it's going to also show us that these are two distinct events that we must keep separate because they are. We'll also look at the timing of both events. Uh, these events will take place at different times uh, according to God's prophetic teaching. And again, it's going to help us understand that. Then we'll see uh, where will both events take place. We're going to see that both events will take place in different uh, places. And we're going to see that. And then uh, we'll see the differences between the rapture and the second coming. Now, for you st students of prophecy, uh, this is going to be Prophecy 101 for you. Uh, but we need to have it. Need, need to have a good review as we go through. So uh, moving forward, I want to quote this. And you probably heard this quote. Sir Isaac Newton said, about the time of the end, a body of men will, will be raised up who will turn their attention to the prophecies and insist on their literal interpretation in the midst of much clamor and opposition. And that is so true. And I really believe that God is raising up men and women like that, that that's going to take a literal uh, uh, look at the word of God. And as you look at it, it's going to make plain sense. It's going to help you understand, again, these wonderful events. So I want to look at this first part of what we're going to study. Fear of the end time events that trouble you. Listen at this. The mention of the rapture and the second coming caused 
causes fear in many people who don't understand these end time events. With the rise of the internet and uh, YouTube preachers, the confusion has multiplied. False teachers are preying on, uh, on the fear and ignorance of people and causing them to freak out. The Bible beautifully calms all the fears by revealing what will actually happen in the end. This eliminates speculation and unravels the lies. It allows us to face the future with biblical knowledge uh, instead of turning into doomsday preppers in hopes of surviving the end times. So case in point, I want to show you this. Some of you may have heard of this. This was an article somebody sent me uh, just the other day. I'm going to bring the cover. This is, it appeared, it appeared uh, in the Bloomberg Report uh, September 5th of this year. Look at the headline. The super rich of Silicon Valley have a doomsday escape plan. Wealthy Americans have stepped, in, have stepped up investments in New Zealand. Uh, the, the, uh, the parliament votes to ban foreigners from buying bulk whole homes. So these billionaires are buying these, these homes or, or plots of land. Uh, they buying these homes because they are concerned what is coming. So let me read this from the, from the article. It said, years of doomsday talk at Silicon Valley dinner party turned to action. In recent months, two 150-ton survival bunkers journeyed by land and sea from Texas, from a Texas warehouse uh, to the shores of New Zealand, where they, buried, uh, where they are buried 11 foot underground. Seven, seven Silicon Valley entrepreneurs have purchased bunkers uh, from Rising S Company uh, a, uh, uh, and planted them in New Zealand in the past two years, said Gary uh, Lynch, the manufacturer's, uh, the, the manufacturer's general manager. Listen at this. He said, at the first sign of an apocalypse uh, or a, a nuclear war, a killer germ, or French revolutionary style rising, uh, uh, uprising targeting the, the 1%, the Californians plan to hop on a private jet and hunker down, he said. So what happened, as I looked at the article, the article gave us some imagery as to what was going on. So here, you show them they're in Silicon Valley, and then they had a dinner. And then while they in their dinner, it says the conversation drifts to how the world might end. You know, Silicon talks about the end of the world. So these guys sitting at dinner talking about the end of the world. They say, could it be a bio warfare? Could it be diseased crops? Or even could it be a robot uprising? I guess they're talking about the, up, the, uh, uh, the rise with the AI, the concern about AI technology. So a detailed survival plan is laid out. These, these billionaires laid out a plan of survival. Look at this. This is, this is in their survival kit. Have supplies ready, gas masks, medicine, food, cash, ammo, guns, and gold. Uh, they want to have a moped ready. So they can weave through the traffic. This, you read the article, it's unbelievable. They're going to weave through all the people on a moped. Uh, you see the people at the bottom, these people here, are, uh, they, they, they believe they could be zombies or something. So they are concerned. Uh, and what's going to happen, they're going to make it over to, a, uh, to a, uh, a rendezvous place in Nevada where they can uh, board this little plane. Then it's going to fly them over to where these guys are going to board this, uh, this uh, Gulfstream G550, and what's going to happen, uh, from Nevada, they're going to fly 10 hours directly to New Zealand, 
where they built these homes and stuff underground. Now, let me ask you this. How many believe that if something were to happen like that, that people are going to let them stay there by themselves in New Zealand? I don't think so. See, because the world don't understand the end of the story, they come up with these crazy ideas. I mean, these guys have so much money. They have so much money. I mean, the, I mean, the plane alone was $61 million, and each one of them has a stake on this plane. They even said that uh, they're going to allow the pilot and his family to ride with them. Now, can you imagine? You, they're on this plane, and, and all these people, man, they're going to overload that plane. It's going to crash on them, you know? It's dangerous. Well... We're dealing with the rapture. We're dealing with some hope tonight. We're dealing with, dealing with what the scripture says about, about the end time. So what is the rapture and the second coming of Christ? And uh, I'm going to give you just some brief understanding here, but I'm going to read the text first, okay, as we look at it. The rapture text we know is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. So I'm going to read that from the King James. Uh, Paul wrote, he said, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be uh, with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. I love this. Uh, this is the rapture text. This is where we get the, get the teaching of the rapture. Paul said in the very latter part of the verse, which is verse 18, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, the second coming. Let me give you the text on that one. This is Revelation chapter 19, verse 11 through 16. John wrote, he says, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, righteousness doth he judge and make war. His, eye was, his eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and, should rule them, uh, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treaded the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. What I want to do, I want to read the text of both of them to show you that both of these are biblical, uh, uh, biblical events. Uh, as you just heard, I mean, both of them sound totally different. And again, I want to break up those two differences as we journey through this. And we're going to see some beautiful things here. But we're looking at what is the, the rapture and the second coming. So I want to quote here Dr. Grant Jeffrey, the late Dr. Grant Jeffrey, from his book, The Apocalypse. This is what he said on page 80. He said, the rapture is one of the most important doctrines in the Bible. However, many have avoided studying this subject because it is the most supernatural event in Scripture. Unfortunately, most discussion about the translation of the saints have focused exclusively on the question of the timing of the rapture relative to the tribulation. While the timing is very important, many Christians have lost sight of the true purpose of the rapture. Although this event will remove the living saints to heaven to escape the Antichrist, its primary purpose is to provide all believers living and departed with their eternal resurrection bodies. 
Uh, I love what he said. He said, the rapture is a supernatural event. God's going to do some things uh, that's going to that's going to that's going to change our world and life forever. This is the rapture. You know, the term rapture does not appear in the English translation of the Bible. The word actually is taken from the Latin Vulgate translation of the scriptures. It appears as the word caught up in the English Bible. Uh, uh, in the Greek, it's called it's the verb uh, harpazo. Uh, the term rapture in the Latin, it means to catch up. It means to snatch away or to take out. And this is exactly what Christ is going to do at the time of the rapture. He's going to come and take us. He's going to take us out of this world. He's going to take us out of where, whatever we're doing. He's going to come and rapture us and we will be taken up. You know why? Because we are his and he's coming back for his church one day and we will be caught up. And I say, Lord, come anytime. Lord, you can interrupt my day anytime you want to. Uh, it doesn't matter. Anytime, Lord, you want to interrupt my day. Come, Lord Jesus. Uh, I'm ready for it. Now, the word hapazo in the Greek, it means to to seize upon with force. Also used generally as meaning to forcibly seize upon or to take to oneself. Jesus is going to take us to himself. He's coming to claim his own. We are his. And again, we'll be caught up uh, to be with him. We're going to see him. Now, the rapture is an imminent event, which is the teaching that Jesus will come back at any time. This teaching of imminence or at any moment coming uh, is taught all through the scriptures. And again, just give you a few verses here. Uh, the rapture is an imminent event, meaning that it could happen at any time. There's no signs of the times that point to the rapture. All of the signs point to the second coming. We know that. But the rapture is an imminent event. It can happen at any moment. So I'm going to give you a few verses here, just showing you imminence. Here, uh, 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 James chapter 5, verse number 8. James says, be ye also patient. He said, establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. In other words, the Lord's coming is at hand. We don't know when it is. So he said, Christian, be patient and establish or establish your hearts. We live our lives anticipating his return. It can come back at any moment. So therefore, I'm going to live and walk a certain way. That shows imminence, the, the rapture. I love this one, 1 Timothy 6, 14. He says that thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, listen at this, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here Paul was letting Timothy know, Timothy, listen, he said, keep the commandments without spot. Timothy, be unrebukable. He said, until the appearing. In other words, live for God until he comes. We don't know when, but until he comes, live for him. Allow him to, to work in your life. That shows imminence. It can happen at any moment. Uh, as I shared, again, all of the signs point to the literal return. And again, the scripture is clear on that. Jesus gave the signs of the times to the disciples, and those signs pointed to when he would come back physically uh, to planet Earth. Now, the second coming. What is the second coming? The second coming of Jesus Christ will be his physical or literal return to planet Earth. He will at this time physically deliver the nation of Israel and the world from the oppression of Antichrist and his kingdom. This literal return of Christ will produce the cataclysmic event known as the Battle of Armageddon. He will at this time come to set up his millennial kingdom in the earth. Now, as I'm giving you understanding about what is the rapture and what is the second coming, we're already seeing that these are two distinct events. Both will accomplish different things in God's prophetic program. 
But again, people are trying to mix them up. And, and you know, when you start doing that, you create, you create problems with, with the scriptures. Uh, these are two distinct events here. And again, we're going to see that. Uh, Dr. Jada White Pentecost in his book called Things to Come, talking about the second coming. Listen to what he said. He said, the premillennial view holds that Christ will return to earth literally and bodily before the millennial age begins. And uh, and that by his presence, a kingdom will be instituted over which he will he will reign. Uh, the second coming talks about a physical, literal return of Christ. You know, some people try to spiritualize the coming and they say Jesus will never, ever physically come back. He's already come back in our hearts. Well, he's in our hearts. But guess what? He's physically coming back, too. He has to physically come back because he must fulfill prophecy. If Jesus don't come back physically, we can't get to the end of the story. Look at this. Dr. Mark Hitchcock from his book called The End. Listen to what he says about the second coming. He said the cornerstone of Bible prophecy, the climactic events of the great tribulation and human history is the second coming of Jesus Christ. When Jesus returns to earth as king of king and lord of lords to judge his enemies and uh, end Satan's deception and to set up his kingdom on earth that that will last for 1000 years. Uh, there is nothing more clear uh, clear to God's people and more clearly stated in the Bible than the fact that Jesus Christ is coming back again. He is physically coming back. He's going to come all the way back physically to planet Earth. And again, we're going to see again that, that this is a different event. Uh, in the second coming, he's coming back as a man of war. In the rapture, he's coming back to take up the church. We'll be caught to be with him. In the second coming, though, he's coming back with fire in his eyes. These are two distinct events. You can't mix the rapture and the second coming. You can't do it because you destroy uh, uh, prophecy when you do that. Now, the promise of both comings in Scripture. Uh, the Scripture is quite clear that there's a promise of both events. Uh, there's a promise for the rapture and there's a promise for the second coming. I'm going to give you one verse here that many people probably didn't realize that alludes to the rapture. And I believe this is a, a very good one. This is John 14, verse 3. John, uh, Jesus talking, he says, and if I go to and prepare a place for you, he said, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That's the rapture. He said, I'm going to a place. I'm going to prepare a place for you. But where I'm going, I'm going to come and I'm going to receive you unto myself that where I am there, you may be also. Here, Jesus uh, in, in John alluded to the rapture. He's going to receive us unto himself. Look at this one. We know that I just read the text here, but I'm going to bring some things out. First Thessalonians 4, 16, 17 again. Jesus said, uh, Paul wrote, he says, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. This is a promise of the rapture. Jesus said, where I am, he said, I'm going to receive you unto myself. Here he's promised that there's coming a day that I'm going to catch you up. He's going to resurrect the righteous dead. And we're going to literally be caught up to where he is. And the scripture says, so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now, in reference to the second coming, showing you the other side of it. This is the difference here because at the second coming, we are not being caught up to him. We're literally coming back with him. Look at this. Zechariah 14, 4. 
You need to read the whole part of Zechariah. This is a powerful prophecy here. But the Bible says here, uh, verse four, uh, 4 of chapter 14, And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. The Bible said that Jesus Christ, when he come back in the second coming, he's coming all the way back to planet Earth. He's coming back to the Mount of Olives, but he's coming back at that time as a man of war. He's not coming to take up the saints or gather the church. Uh, as a matter of fact, the church will be coming back with him as the glorified. We're going to literally come back with Christ in the second coming. But in the second coming, he's coming at this moment as a man of war. He's coming back to a geographical location in Israel. He's coming back. Look at this one. Revelation chapter 1, verse 7, it says, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. This is amazing prophecy here. The second coming is different from the rapture because the Bible says here at the second coming, it's going to cause people to wail and mourn at his coming. Reason being, he's coming back to judge. He's coming back to end the Antichrist's kingdom. He's coming back to judge rebels who've turned their back on him. And the Bible said, when you come back in the second coming, they're going to wail. They're going to they're gonna mourn at the coming of Christ because he's coming back, the Bible says, with fire in his eyes. Again, the second coming is different from the rapture. The rapture, he's coming to gather. He's going to gather the church. But at the second coming, he's coming back as a man of war to judge rebels and to judge the ungodly. These are two distinct events. Look at this one, Matthew chapter 24, dealing with the second coming again. Matthew 24, verse 27, it says, For as lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Christ, when he come back in the second coming, he's coming back to a geographical location. He's coming back to the nation of Israel. He's not coming back to the United States or Zimbabwe or Germany or Hawaii. He's coming back to a geographical lo location that is different. Now, in the rapture, the Bible says we're going to meet him in the air. Jesus will come back so far in the lower heavens, and he's going to stop, and then we will be raptured to be where he is. He's going to pull everybody from all over the world to this central location in the lower heavens. We'll be caught up to meet him. But the second coming, he's coming all the way back to terra firma. His feet was touched planet earth on that day. It's a difference. You cannot blend the rapture and the second coming. You know, I heard one guy say, well, what's going to happen? The rapture would take place at the end of the tribulation. And what's going to happen? We're going to, we'll be raptured. We'll go up into heaven. We'll do a wheelie and we'll come back down. <laughs> I said, well, first we got a lot of problems with that because you won't find that in scripture nowhere. And uh, you got to believe that kind of uh, uh, farce or, or foolishness because they don't know the scriptures. I really think that as you, as you look at both of the events, you see that both are distinct and different. It, it puts it in perspective. You understand, you know something, the rapture is different from the second coming. And again, we're going to see as we go forward. Now, how will both events affect Christians? You know, the rapture and the second coming will affect, both, both will affect us in, in amazing ways. Uh, both of them will be a blessing for the redeemed. And again, I, I just, I love that. The rapture and the second coming of Jesus Christ will affect the Christian in a positive way. Both events will bring increasing joy into the life of the believer. The rapture will cause them to receive glorified bodies, and the second coming will result in the fulfillment of promise to rule and reign with Christ. 
we will, uh, we will do many other wonderful things as a result of both comings. But the most exciting is to know that both lead to eternal life with our Savior in eternal bliss. I love that. Combining both events as one and not understanding that they are two distinct events will result in some horrible, unbiblical teaching. And that is what I believe has caused all of the different views of the rapture. I believe what happened, they, they have mixed second coming text and rapture text, and it has created all these hybrid different views of the rapture and the second coming. You got to keep them different. These are different events that's going to accomplish different things in God's overall prophetic program. So we're going to look at this. We're going to see how they will affect. For Christians, the rapture, we're going to see how it's going to affect us. For the believer, the rapture will usher us into the physical presence of Jesus Christ. The Bible said we'll be caught up to meet him. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17. I cannot wait for that, saints, because what's going to happen, the rapture will usher me into the presence of my Savior. I'm going to see Jesus face to face. You heard me say it. When I, when I go there, I'm, I'm, I'm going to kiss him. I'm going to grab his hands and kiss those nail-scarred hands. I'm going to say, Lord, I thank you for saving this little fella. <laughs> now, I'm going to give you guys a chance to see Jesus, but Brother Perkins is going first, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, I am grateful for what the Savior has done for me. The rapture will usher me physically into my Savior's presence. The rapture will cause the resurrection of the righteous dead. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 14 and 16. The Bible says the dead in Christ shall rise first. My grandfather who died, he was a deacon in his church. He died, but he was a godly man. He was saved. He was born again. That's coming day my grandfather will be resurrected. My grandmother will be resurrected. The righteous deads are coming out of the grave, and they're going to be with Christ. Man, I love that. I'm, I'm longing for the rapture because I want to see my grandfather and grandmother. Look at this. The rapture will remove, uh, will, will remove us from the earth before the great tribulation. 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 10 says uh, that, that, that he's going to deliver us from the wrath to come. This wrath is a future wrath or future tribulation. The, the, tri the rapture will, re will remove us from earth before the tribulation. Now, it's not going to remove us from the tribulation because we're afraid of the tribulation or afraid of Antichrist, as some have said. Someone said, you pre-trib guys, you just, you're just afraid of the Antichrist. You, you, just, you, you just can't believe that Jesus can protect you in the tribulation. I said, that's not what the Bible says. See, we'll be raptured before because the church dispensation is not a part of the tribulation dispensation. The tribulation is a dispensation that started in the book of Daniel with Daniel's 70 weeks. When God first gave Daniel that prophecy, that prophecy was exclusive to the house of Israel, to Jerusalem, and to the Jewish people. And guess what? When that prophecy started its fulfillment, it was exclusive toward Israel. And guess what? The latter part will also be as well. There are seven years left where God, through the great tribulation, is going to cause salvation uh, to national Israel. On the end of the tribulation, the, the, the nation of Israel will honor Christ as their Savior. The tribulation was never part of the church, never part. It was never a prophecy for the church. So we won't be a part of it. And again, uh, you know, uh, it's good to understand that. Another reason here, uh, another thing that will affect us, uh, the rapture, uh, uh, because of the rapture, we will receive our immortal glorified bodies. First uh, Corinthians chapter 15, verses uh, 50 through 56. I love that. I'm going to have a brand new body, man. No more pain, no more sorrow, no more aches. Man, it's going to be a beautiful body, man. I don't worry about weight and nothing. I can eat it. It's going to go in, all in the right places, you know. 
It's going to be exciting. The glorified body is going to be a body just like Christ. The glorified body will rid us of the sin nature. The Apostle Paul talks about the war that's in our members. You know, the spirit and, and the flesh are warring against each other. You know, you're born again, you love God, but there's a tempter inside of you. It's called the flesh. Well, the rapture and uh, that glorified body, it will, it will remove the stain of sin totally from us. We'll no longer have the tempter within us. As a matter of fact, I like this quote here from John MacArthur's book, The Second Coming. He talks about the, uh, the rapture or the glorification here. Listen to what he says. This is what the glorification is. He said the glorification will be the instantaneous completion of the sanctifying process. This is the final aspect of God's saving work for the redeemed. It involves even the redemption of our bodies. You know, Jesus paid for our total redemption, spirit, soul, and flesh, spirit, soul, and body. He said the redemption of our body, glorification means the instantaneous Christ-likeness for all the saints. The scripture says, as he is, so shall we be at his appearing. When Christ come to rapture us, we'll be changed in a moment in the twinkle of an eye. The Bible said that we'll be like him. We have a glorified body just like Jesus. Man, I'm, I'm, I just can't wait for my glorified body. Uh, I mean, this is one reason why I'm, I long for the rapture. Come, Lord Jesus. People say, man, you guys, you, you prophesy guys so heavenly minded, you know earthly good. Well, no, that's a lie. I'm heavenly minded that I am earthly good, uh, but I'm longing for the rapture. Man, I'm the message, is anybody tired of that old body you got? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, you know, my wife and I, we get up in the morning and we go, oh, I said, where'd that come from? They call the old man groans. You know, oh, I've been down. Ooh. I said, wait a minute, where'd that come from? You know, it's that, it's, that, it's that song that we sing as we get old, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm longing for, you know, a new body. Now, the second coming, how would the second coming affect Christians? I love this. Uh, for the saints, the second coming will cause us, we will ride out of heaven with Jesus upon white horses. See, we'll be glorified, the glorified, going to the marriage supper. We'll come back with Christ in the second coming, riding these white horses as the armies of heaven. Revelation 19, verse 14, we're going to come out of heaven as Christ's army. Christians, will, Christians are coming with Christ to rule the earth. Revelation chapter 2, verses 26 and 27, Jesus promised that he would, he would allow us to, to, to have rule over nations. When we come back as the glorified, we're coming back to help Christ govern, but we're coming back on assignment. We're coming back as Christ's administration to help him govern the world. Man, it's going to be awesome. I don't know where I'm going to be, but, but wherever Jesus assigned me, Brother Perkins will be on point. Yeah, I, I may be an ambassador to another country. I may be a president. I don't know wherever you wherever have me. Uh, I, I believe I'm going to be a teacher in, in the millennium. Uh, and I, I mentioned before that, man, wait till you see my PowerPoint in the millennium, man. It's going to be awesome, man. <laughs> it's going to be some awesome stuff, man. No, no computer glitches, you know, none of that stuff, man. Full screen, see the whole screen, you know, in the millennium. It's going to be awesome. Look at this. Uh, the second coming, we will, uh, we will help Christ execute judgment on the ungodly. Jude chapter 1, verse 14 and 15. Enoch said that Christ is coming back with all the saints, uh, with ten thousands of the saints. He coming back, we're coming back to execute judgment on the ungodly. We're going to help Christ to govern the world. Yeah, the second coming is different from the rapture. 
See, the rapture, he's coming to take us and change us and deal with us. But the second coming, we're coming back as his administration to help. We're coming back to help him govern, and it's going to be awesome. Another reason, uh, another thing that the, that the second coming would do for Christians, uh, it would cause the kingdoms of this world to be given to the saints. Daniel chapter 7, verse 26 and 27. The Bible says that the kingdom of, these, of this world will be given to the saints of the Most High. Again, we're going to experience a different world because Christ is going to give us the kingdoms of the world. So the second coming and the rapture are two distinct events. They're different events in prophecy. They are different in the scriptures. And again, we can see that. Now, what is the timing of both events? What is the timing? When will these, these, these events take place? Again, in understanding this, it will also help you. Looking at the chart again, here we have the rapture of the church. And then we have the second coming. Just by looking at the chart, you see again that these events are not happening simultaneous. These are two different events in Scripture. I believe the rapture would take place before the tribulation. The second coming would take place after the tribulation. Okay, so looking at the timing of the rapture, uh, I'm going to give you some views that's out there that's taught. Uh, there's a view called the post-tribulation rapture. This view teaches that Jesus will rapture the church at the close of the Great Tribulation. Uh, I believe this one does not stand the test of Scripture. We're not, we won't be raptured and come right back down. Got too many things happening. Judgment seat of Christ. And I'm definitely going to be at the marriage supper. Got to have the marriage supper. Revelation 19. I, I, I'm going to eat at the table. So we got to have the marriage supper. So it came, it, I'm not going to come right back down. No, I'm going to eat at the table. Here's another view. It's called the pre-wrath rapture. This view teaches that the church will be raptured three quarters into the great tribulation period. In other words, they teach that the wrath of God does not enter the tribulation until three quarters in. Once the wrath is introduced, then the church is raptured. That doesn't stand the test of scripture. Revelation chapter six, uh, dealing with the first six seals or first seven seals. It talks about the wrath of the lamb. So the wrath of God is in the tribulation. It just intensifies in the latter part. The whole, the whole tribulation is the wrath of God. And the Bible says we have not been appointed to that wrath. Romans 5, 9. This view, I believe, does not stand the test of Scripture as well. Here's one called the pre, I mean, the mid-trib rapture. This view teaches that the church will be raptured at the midpoint of the great tribulation. In other words, we'll go through three, three and a half years of tribulation, and at the midpoint, we'll be, we'll be taken up. They believe when the trumpet judgments are blown, that is when the church will be raptured. But the difference that you must understand is that those trumpet judgments in the tribulation are not trumpet judgments of deliverance, but a trumpet's judgments of judgment. They are judgments that are entering the tribulation. Different event. The church won't be raptured at the midpoint. Now, the view I hold, and I think the scripture stands uh, true with, is a pre-tribulational rapture. This view teaches that Jesus will rapture the church before the start of the great tribulation period. Understanding the purpose of the tribulation will clarify the confusing, confusion around the timing of the rapture. This view, I believe, stands the test of dispensational accuracy. You know, when you follow it uh, scripturally and dispensationally, it makes sense. It's clear. The church must be taken out in order for the next dispensation, the tribulation, to begin. We won't be here. We'll be raptured before. So that's the timing of the rapture. Now, the timing of the second coming is different. The second coming will take place at the end of the Great Tribulation. So let me give you some verses here. Look at this. Matthew chapter 24, verses uh, 29 and 30. Jesus said, immediately after the tribulation of those days 
shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the son of man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn and they shall see the son of man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. This is different from the rapture. In the second coming again, as I shared earlier, Revelation 1, 7 said, when he come, they're going to wail because of him. Here, Matthew 24 says, when he come, they're going to mourn because of him. Christ is coming back as king of kings, lord of lords, potentate, prime minister, head of state, governor, ruler, president, whatever you want to call him. He's coming back to take authority in the earth. He's coming back with fire in his eyes to judge a world that has rejected him. He's coming back to deal with the Antichrist, but... It's going to happen after the time of the great tribulation. Look at this, Mark 13, verse 24, 26, and 29. Verse 24 says, but in those days, after that the tribulation, the sun shall be darkened, and the moon shall not give a light, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with power and great glory. He's coming back to judge, but it's after the tribulation. It's after the great tribulation. The, the rapture is before, the second coming is after the tribulation. Now, we're moving fast. I'm watching my time. We're moving fast. Now, where will both the rapture and second coming, where will these events take place? Now, this is key. This is going to really help you. Where will these events take place? So, bring you back to the chart. Here's the rapture of the church, and we have the second coming. They two distinct events, two different events, but where will they take place? The rapture will take place in the first heaven. Uh, we did a study here years ago uh, in reference to the three compartments of heaven or three levels of heaven. You have the sky, the universe, and then the third heaven or God's abode. Well, the sky, we look at the beautiful sky we see is where we're going to meet Jesus in the air. The rapture will take place in the sky above somewhere in the lower heavens. This is different from the second coming because Paul taught in 1 Thessalonians 4 that we will meet Christ in the air. There is no reference here that Jesus will touch the earth at this time. You won't find nowhere. Say we're gonna, he's going to come and we're going to meet him in the air. Here's the verse here. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. So the rapture is going to take place. We're going to, we're going to meet Christ in the air, in the lower heavens, in the sky, in the universe. The Bible said we're going to meet him in the air. That's the rapture. That's where it's going to take place. Now, the second coming is different. Look at the second coming. The Bible gives us reference here. The second coming will take place on planet Earth. I quote the verse early. Zechariah 14, 4 says, And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem. Jesus is coming back in the second coming all the way to planet Earth. He's going to touch the earth. His feet will stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives before Jerusalem. He's coming back physically all the way to the earth. Look at this, Revelation 16, 16. And he gathered them together in a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon or the Valley of Megiddo. When Christ comes back to the second coming, he's coming all the way back to planet Earth. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to touch uh, the Valley of Megiddo. This is where the war will be fought. This is different from the rapture. It's not the same event. This is, this is, the, the, this is, this is Israel. He's coming back to Israel in the second coming. 
It's totally different. You can't, you can't mix the rapture and the second coming. You can't do that. When you do that, you mess up. Look at this. Uh, Matthew, well, that verse that's not supposed to be there. Sorry about that. All right. Now we'll look at the differences between both the rapture and the second coming. And I'm, I'm going to hit this pretty fast, but I think as I bring and show you the differences, it's going to put both events in proper perspective. There really shouldn't be any debate concerning the rapture and the second coming of Jesus Christ. But there is. If we allow the scripture to do the talking, all the confusion surrounding these uh, two events evaporate. The scripture leaves us with a clear, practical and literal understanding that the rapture and the second coming of Christ are both different events. They will accomplish exactly what God designed them to accomplish. As long as we listen to this, as long as we continue to debate this topic, we are missing the blessings that both will bring in the life of every believer. See, a lot of times we spend so much time debating whether it's, it's pre, post, or whatever, uh, debating whether it's going to be at the end. or You know, a lot of times we miss all of the blessings. See, I'm longing for my glorified body. I'm longing for my horse ride when I come back with Christ. I mean, there's so many benefits. going to be awesome. You know, I'm, long, I'm looking for all the good things that's going to come out of the rapture and the second coming. Man, I'm excited. I'm coming back in the second coming. Uh, Bob said I'm, I'm dressed in white. I'm coming back with Christ to go into his millennial kingdom. That ride is going to bring me right into government, man. It's going to be awesome. Listen, it's going to be beautiful. So in looking at that, here's the difference between both events. At the rapture, Jesus is coming to gather the church. 1 Thessalonians 4, 17. Gather the saints. We'll be caught up to be with him. In the second coming, Jesus is coming back with the saints. Revelation 14, I mean 19, 14. We comprise the armies of heaven. At the rapture, Jesus will not touch the earth at all. We, we actually established that. First Thessalonians 4, uh, verses 17. We're going to meet him in the air. In the second coming, Jesus will touch the earth at this time. Zechariah 4, verse 14. Uh, at the rapture, Jesus is coming to raise the righteous dead. The dead in Christ shall rise first. At the second coming, Jesus will come back as a man of war. As a matter of fact, when Christ comes in the second coming, his coming will cause much death and bloodshed. The Bible says the blood will come up to the horse's bridle. It will be a direct result of the second coming of Jesus. He's coming back to judge rebels. The rapture and second coming are two different events. At the rapture, the rapture will cause the great tribulation to begin. In other words, the church must be raptured before the tribulation begins. Now, once the church is raptured, we don't know whether it's going to be immediately that the tribulation will start or whether it be months down the way. But we do know that the church must be raptured before that prophecy of tribulation begins. As long as the church is here, the rapture can, I mean, the tribulation cannot begin. So because of the rapture, the tribulation can begin after that. Okay, uh, as a result of second coming, the second coming will cause the battle of Armageddon. You know, without the second coming, you won't have the battle of Armageddon. The physical return of Christ, without that physical coming, you won't have Armageddon. At the rapture, the rapture uh, 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 will allow the reign of Antichrist to begin. In other words, when the tribulation begins, the Antichrist will begin to rule and reign. As long as the church is here, the Antichrist cannot reign. For the second coming, uh, it will bring an end to the Antichrist's rule, Revelation 19.20. Antichrist and false prophet will be cast alive into the lake of fire. Now, we, the redeemed, are going to be with Christ in, that, in both of these comings. We'll have different things that we're going to do in both of them. And again, I'm looking forward to being a part of both comings. Uh, it's going to be a wonderful event for us uh, as Christians. 
Dr. LaHaye in his book, The Rapture, said this. These two episodes, the rapture and the second coming, are so different that it is impossible to combine them. One, events, uh, one event, one involves Jesus coming for his church. The other concerns his appearance in power and judgment to the earth. Jesus coming back to judge the world. Now, I want to close with this. I'm going to give you one last thing. This is something I didn't, didn't, didn't put in the, in the list, but I'm going to give you this in closing. What should our attitude be in regards to both of these events? And I want to give you a few verses here. In 1 Corinthians 1, 7, Paul said here, so that you come behind in no gift. Listen to this. Waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you waiting for him tonight? I'm waiting for him. Now, listen, I, I'm plan. I got plans. My wife and I, we plan to go somewhere, Lord willing, next year for our anniversary. I'm making plans. But you know something? If Jesus come back tonight in the rapture, I'm a happy fella. I'm happy. I'm, it won't mess my plans up. I'll save some money for one. I mean, but I'm going to heaven. I'm waiting for him. Look at this. First, uh, First Thessalonians 1, 1, 10, it says, and to wait for his son from, him, from heaven. Are you waiting for him? See, when you're waiting for him, it means you have a relationship. You know, when my wife goes somewhere and she's coming back, I'm waiting. I'm longing. I'm anticipating her return. So I'm waiting because I have relationship with her. Titus 2, verses 11 through 13, it says here, looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Are you looking for him? A lot of Christians are looking for him. They're not looking for his return. You know, I don't want Jesus to come back, Brother Perkins. I, I got to finish building this house, man. I don't want him coming back. I don't want Jesus coming back, man, because I didn't, haven't, haven't gotten finished, got, haven't graduated, got my degree yet. No, I don't want him coming back because I'm not married yet, brother, brother Perkins. I have not experienced marriage. Plan it. Go to college. Build your house. But if he come back today, don't, don't fret about it. You'll be so happy when he come back, let me tell you. Almost done. Philippians 3.20, look at this. For our conversation is in heaven, for whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We look for the Savior. You're looking for him. Here's the last one. 2 Timothy 4, verse 8. He said, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them. Listen at this. All them also that love his appearing. Do you love his appearing? I love his appearing. I cannot wait for his appearing. I told you I'm going, I'm going to see my Savior. It's going to usher me into his presence. It's going to be awesome. So I love his appearing. I long for it. I live like I believe it. You know what I mean? You remember before I mentioned I, practice, I got rapture drills, man. I practice, do my rapture drills. Could this be the day, Lord? I want you to bow your hearts as we close in prayer. Father, we love you, and I thank you for the word. Lord, I know this was a fast-paced message tonight, but Lord, these events, the rapture and the second coming, are two distinct prophecies in your prophetic program. Lord, they will affect us in some beautiful ways as the redeemed. And Lord, they would also affect the world in, in some different ways as well. Lord, help us as your sons and daughters never, ever get tired of hearing this message. Lord, let this message motivate our hearts to God to be soul winners in the last days. Lord, help us to proclaim truth that we're in the last days, that our loved ones, our friends, and those that you bring uh, 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 in our path, that we may warn them of the coming of the Lord. Now, Lord, use us all in these latter days to do your will. And, Lord, tonight I say, come, Lord Jesus. 
And, Lord, we thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Isn't God good, saints? Hallelujah. Bless you, sir. Amen.